0: This is the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
1: Welcome to the Blood Red Podcast on the day Liverpool have had to deal with a blow but also have a boost. The Reds' interest then in Timo Werner appears to be over, yet yeah, Liverpool could well secure their first league title in 30 years at Anfield as the Premier League announced the first batch of fixtures for Project Restart. I'm Guy Clark, welcome along. We've plenty to get into though, and joining me to discuss all of that and a lot more is our Chief LFC writer Ian Doyle, Joe Rimmer and Theo Squires. Gentlemen, how are we? How do you?
2: Good, thanks. Not too bad.
1: Doyley. I'll come straight to you. And the name Timo Werner has been one that's been going round for months and months and months about whether and when he will join Liverpool. It all looks as though it's over.
3: Yeah, it's over. Uh, He's going to sign for Chelsea, isn't he? Well, they've decided to trigger his release clause, which, you know, we know we've been writing about Liverpool quite a lot uh, in terms of Timo Werner. But we uh, always put that yeah, you know, while Liverpool were interested, they never made concrete their interest. They never actually officially opened talks. They would never made a bid, and um, that's it. So that's kind of the face of it. Obviously, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, you, you factor in the fact that, you know, look at the the fa- strange financial situation that a lot of clubs are in now that clubs are a bit wary to you know, spend massive amounts of money on players who, certainly in the case of Timo Werner, he wouldn't necessarily be playing in the first team straight away, would he? Because he's got to dislodge one of Sadio Mane, Roberto Firmino or Mohamed uh, Salah. I mean, he would have got his games, but perhaps he wouldn't have got the games that he would have wanted. And people might say, well, Chelsea is spending money, but Chelsea had a transfer ban last summer in which they sold Aidan Hazard for about £90 million. They couldn't spend that money. I think they'd uh, already agreed to sign Kovacic anyway on a on a permanent deal for forty million, and they're getting another roughly fifty million for Maratta this summer. So they've got loads of money. Whereas that's money that they know that they've got. Whereas there are other teams, not just Liverpool, who, who don't know exactly how much they're going to have. And Liverpool are in a position where they don't necessarily have to spend that amount of money on a player who probably isn't going to be playing in the first team for at least twelve months. I mean, there there are other factors as well. I mean. Some fans have looked at the African Cup of Nations that it might be a problem for Liverpool if it goes ahead when it's supposed to in January because obviously Salah and Mane will be ruled out because presumably the countries would qualify and they play. But there's every suggestion that's now going to be moved because like everything else, that's been affected by what's going on. So that wouldn't be such an imperative for Liverpool. I know that a lot of fans, certainly if you look on social media, aren't very happy and they're accusing, you know, the club's owners of not backing the manager. But, you know, the reality is that they've just made the decision that they can't afford to spend that amount of money. And and the other thing as well is that they probably said to Timo Werner, well, look, we're not going to spend this money, but if you hang on, we'll make a, a bid for you. And, but there's no guarantee that the money, the price would have then gone up. Yeah, it could have gone up, couldn't it? There's no guarantee it would have gone down. And in terms of Werner himself, he uh, had last season with exactly the situation with Bayern Munich, where he waited and waited and waited for Bayern to come in for him. They didn't come in. He ended up spending another year with Leipzig. And he's probably thought, well, I can't be dealing with that again. And he's taken the offer from Chelsea where he'll probably do reasonably well.
1: Yeah, Theo, I'll come to, to come to you shortly. But Theo, in terms of the, the interest or the alleged moves for Timo Werner, there was obviously talk around that Jurgen Klopp had had a virtual meeting with him or whatever. But I remember last week you were on, you you had the news that Liverpool actually, as Doily said there, hadn't actually made firm their interest in opening talks with RB Leipzig.
0: Yeah, the word from the club the whole time is they've not held talks with Leipzig. And that's what we're seeing here. I think the reports yesterday were saying, i oh, couldn't this force Liverpool to make a move to activate that release clause? But they've never shown any intention of doing that and making the move. Um, the only lines we've heard is that Jurgen Klopp has potentially spoken with the player. And then unless you've got a bug on that line, you don't know what's been said between them. It could be, uh, if you wait 12 months, I'll be able to bring you to the club. I think you're a bit great striker, blah, blah, blah. But it could easily have been, right, I know you'd like to play for us, but we don't have the finances to get the deal done now or you're not going to play first team football because we've got the best front three in the world. It's a very hard situation to analyse there. But Liverpool, they aren't really in a position where they need to go and sign him, as Doyley said. Um, when you've got the front three, Just because they're all entering this peak stage of their careers now, where they're, what, 27, 28, it's not as though when they get to 30, you write them off and say, oh, they're done. Players still were performing at this age. You just need to look around the top strikers on the planet at the moment. You think Sergio Aguero, Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi, Leo Andowski, abamian they're all the wrong side of 30, and they're still scoring a bucket full of goals, still performing to the highest level. Just because Liverpool's players are all reached that peak at the same time, doesn't mean they're going to stop performing. With Werner, we've seen the fan reaction. If Timo Werner didn't have this release clause, would anyone really be bothered if Chelsea were spending £80 million on him? Probably not. If Roberto Firmino was scoring 20, 30 goals a season, every season, would anyone be bothered? Probably not. You look at Liverpool's squad, they've still got Harvey Elliott coming through. They've still got Curtis Jones. And then they've got Minamino who could settle in. We don't know how good he's going to be when he's had a full year in England under his belt. Divock Origi's still there. Jordan Shakiri, Rhea Bruce. So they've still got options there. They don't need to go and spend fifty billion on Timo Werner, and it's not this big loss that some fans seem to perceive it as.
1: Joe, is there then going to be two schools of thought, one being that FSG here haven't perhaps backed Jurgen Klopp and brought in the players strengthened when Liverpool are strong and could become even stronger? Or is the alternative to that that actually FSG have, have done so many good things in the transfer window that really... They should have bought a lot of faith, and Liverpool fans should be getting behind the management of the team because previously they seem to have done things very well in the market.
2: Yeah, I was in last night when the, when the news broke, and just taking a look at social media. I mean, social media doesn't doesn't everything that fans feel, but it just it was nuts last night. It was everyone given the the owner's grief, and it, I just think. I think that there should be enough credit in the bank now. You know, how many times have we been here before? I remember Nicolas Pepe last summer. Um, you, you'll tell us all about him. He, he went to Arsenal. He's, he's done nothing. And, and last summer, you would have thought that all of Liverpool's hopes and dreams were, were done for because they didn't sign Nicolas Pepe. And, and people get very, very... They almost get whipped up into a frenzy about with transfer talk. And You look at Werner. Honestly, I think the, the types of people that are talking about him have probably... Have they ever watched 90 minutes of him playing football? Probably not. They've probably watched some things on YouTube. He's clearly a good player. He could be a massive success at Chelsea. But to me, it would take, you know, it'd take a very brave person to say that he would be better than either score more goals than either Sadio Mane or, or Mohamed Salah or be a better fit for Liverpool than Roberto Firmino. So, I understand why Liverpool haven't done it. I think they probably have, as Dorney said before, I've said to him, "Know oh, if you hang on, you know we we might be able to put something together later in the summer or even next season." But he's not going to wait around for another. And for Liverpool, everything has to be right for them to do a deal. So, you know, I, I think the owners, the manager, the, Michael Edwards, his team, they've deserved they deserve that 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 credit, and they should have credit in the bank for fans to trust them. And if they don't, don't want to go after this player, they don't feel like it's the time's right to activate his clause, then then so be it. We should we should be happy enough with what's going on at the club right now to uh, to not complain too much. I mean, let's face it, the, the window hasn't even opened. We don't know when it will open, when it will close. Um there's still a lot of you know unknowns going into what's going to be a very strange summer. We don't know who'll have money. We don't know the impact of um, of this crisis on clubs, I saw yesterday that Tottenham have taken out, I think, a 175 million pound loan from Bank of England. So that that tells you, you know, if, if a club like Tottenham are having to take out that sort of loan, that tells you how big clubs are preparing to to be to, for this crisis and and for what what implications it can have financially. So I don't think Liverpool are the type of club that go out and lash 50 million at a player, um, you know, when they've got such a good strike force. It doesn't make financial sense. And unfortunately, that's just, that's just the way this summer's turned out. Um, you know, and I think the, Liverpool are in the best position they've been in in 30 years, on and off the pitch. Surely that should be enough for some fans, but obviously is isn't.
3: The interesting thing for me is that both Bayern and Liverpool have now decided not to you know, take up an option to sign him, shall we say. Which goes on what Theo said you know, Bayern have got Lewandowski, they've still got him and he's still scoring the goals. So perhaps he's just a a case of wrong timing for Werner, at both of these clubs. Uh, And just picking up on something that Joe said as well about social media, I saw somebody say that some fans, not just Liverpool fans, but fans of all clubs, they now regard football as a game where a team wins the transfer window and then they play some football in between. So I think that's probably a way that some fans like it. You know, they're, they're too busy playing on Football Manager or whatever and saying, oh, we need to sign this player, this player. But it's up to the clubs to actually deal in the reality of what the situation is and what they need. And Liverpool are the European champions, the world champions, the UEFA Super Cup winners, 25 points clear at the top. Didn't sign out anybody last summer. I think they possibly know what they're doing.
1: Is that, though, where the frustration comes, do you think, Doily, with the fact that Liverpool didn't make a, a major signing last summer? There was no word that there is definitely going to be a major signing coming up, but that fans obviously put two and two together and start thinking wow. that there would be some, some big transfers wow. happening.
3: Well, don't forget that Liverpool have spent—was it fifty million pounds on a new training facility that should that should be ready for the next season? We, we still think it might not be. Depends on, on what's happened in terms of the delay, and they've also committed to you know redeveloping the Anfield Road end, which again that's been delayed by twelve months. And both of these things are the, the club, you know, insisted this is aside from any kind of investment into the squad because the squad investment is prim- primarily from selling players. If we're being honest, you know, you look at Coutinho. This is why, you know, just mentioned before, that's why Chelsea have got all this money. is because they sold somebody for loads of money, which is exactly what Liverpool did. And I didn't see any Liverpool fans complaining when Van Dijk and Alisson Becker got signed because that was the money that was, you know, most of that was the Coutinho money. And Liverpool perhaps thought, or perhaps were hoping to get a certain amount of money for the likes of, you know, for, for argument's sake, you could say Shaqiri, you could say Harry Wilson, you could say Marco Gruwich this summer and that might not happen now because of everything that's been going on and if even if they do sell them it might not be for the amount of money that the, perhaps they would have expected they might have got 50 to 60 million pounds for the three of them but probably won't happen now so they've, they're just going to cut the cloth accordingly and i don't see why you know, if there's one time that they can do it it's a time when they are better than everybody else and i know people will rightly say well if the best time to strengthen is when you're at your strongest you know strengthen from from when you're at the top and leading the way but Liverpool now the the Actual pool, the number of players that they can actually sign to make the team better. At the moment, it might be different in a couple of years when, as we've mentioned, some players get older. But at the moment, you know, you're looking at look at the players that they get linked with. Habits what was he worth 100 billion pounds and Bappe about 10 billion pounds. You know, I think these aren't going to happen. I'm afraid. So it's just going to be one where I think Liverpool, then you know, there's there's no. Something might happen. We've always said that. You know, Liverpool have shown themselves to be quite creative in the transfer market and they'll always, you know, I think we've mentioned it in the past about being opportunist when it comes to certain deals where they will push the boat out. But at the moment, they've clearly thought that, you know, Timo Werner is not worth pushing the boat out for for 50 odd million quid.
1: Theo then, just on Timo Werner, 24 years of age, I think he's he scored 31 goals in, in 40 games in all competitions, 25 of those in bundesliga this season for a player reaching his prime being in a a top european league playing in in champions league football 54 million pounds to to a lot of people wouldn't have seemed a crazy fee but i suppose it, it speaks an awful lot of the alternative reality obviously with the virus and everything that we're in at the at the current climate
0: yeah definitely like that fee seems such a bargain before the climate changed with it being a release clause, when you compared it to the fees, going around the figures, going around for Mbappe, Sancho, Havertz. But it's still a lot of money for a player who's not played in the Premier League. I'm sure a lot of fans have been watching the Bundesliga in the last couple of weeks getting that football fix. And apart from a couple of teams, the quality is not there. And um, Sancho and Werner and all these players, they are turning it on. They're putting in these great performances. But there's only really Bayern Munich or Dortmund you have to play when you're playing against top opposition and you're really proving yourselves. Whereas the Premier League, it doesn't matter who you're playing for. It's There's more competition there. There's more quality there. And it's a big ask for any player to come in and hit the ground running. We've seen it in the past where players have shown that Liverpool actually got it with Mohamed Salah. He made a big difference when he came in. But are you saying Timo Verne, if Liverpool signed him, would he come on and be able to match that 44 goals in a debut season? or would he replace anyone there? It's a hard one to call, and Liverpool need to appreciate the quality they've already got there. They don't need to replace it whilst it's still delivering. And Granted, it would be strengthening in an already strong position, but you're looking at Chelsea. They've got the money. They're signing Timo Werner because they're not confident in the, the front three they've already got. They didn't replace Eden Hazard last year. They've got Pedro and William out of contract. They'll be leaving on free transfers. They're quite old. Olivier Giroud, he's got a new contract, but he's passed his best. So you're relying on Tammy Abraham, who's only got, what, a year, two years Premier League experience under his belt. So Werner's a quality improvement for them. Whereas Liverpool don't need that. They're already well-established. This team has still got life in it left. It's not as though they've fallen short in the league and they need to catch up on the rivals. When you look at Man City, well, if they get banned from the Champions League, Kevin De Bruyne might leave. Gabriel Jesus might leave these players. Manchester United, they're still away. There's a distance there. There's a distance with Arsenal. Tottenham, they're just a bit of a mess as well. So, Liverpool are still in a strong position despite everything that's happening at the moment.
1: Joe, talking then, rather than the financial side, we we've covered that in terms of why Liverpool perhaps didn't make this move. Another theory another string to the bow almost of the reasons why Liverpool aren't going to press on and go for Timo Werner is the fact that they they can't promise him that game time Theo's alluded to the players there in the front line that Liverpool already have but with the African Cup of Nations who knows when that will take place and also the fact that Timo Werner is a few years younger than the current front three is there not an argument to be had that actually he wouldn't be coming in as a replacement to supplement it and strengthen Liverpool even further
2: yeah, but that's, that's where I think you, you can't ignore the financial side of things. I think if I think if money was no object, then Liverpool would, would probably have gone out and triggered that lease clause and, and bought him, because they clearly liked him as a player, and he was never going to come in as an automatic starter. He was always going to be to supplement, to, to be an alternative, as Liverpool looked for better options than, say, Divock Origi. And I think in an ideal world, we'd all like to see that. Of course, you'd, you'd like to see all the best players at your club, but that's where finances have to come into it, and this summer it just didn't sit right, did it? Because of the the, the situation which is going on worldwide, and and then you know other things like like Doyle said before, Liverpool won't get the, the fees that they were probably thinking they'd get for the likes of um, Harry Wilson, for anyone else that they want to sell. So, you know, he wasn't going to walk in as an automatic starter. He would have had to force his way in, um, but I think Liverpool will now look at alternatives. Um, and I think they'll probably wait. They'll just be patient. They'll they'll wait till further into the summer once the picture becomes clear. Um, you know, perhaps there will be a bit more money floating around, perhaps clubs. Uh, you always need the likes of Chelsea and, and Paris Saint-Germain to get the market moving, to get money flowing, don't you? Because they need to go out and buy players. Leipzig could now perhaps buy a couple of players and, and that's how it will work. And Liverpool will then have a look at the market and see what they can afford and see who makes sense. I'm fairly certain Michael Edwards and his team will have a big long list of potential footballers and they will very carefully pick through them and, and come up with some options but if they decide not to spend I do think they've earned the credit um so it's a it's a difficult one you know I don't think we've known how Timo Werner would have fitted in it, it, you know he, I think he plays across the front three but Firmino he was never going to play up top in the middle because Firmino's such a an interesting player in the way that it, he plays and, and you can't really replicate him. So I, I'd have seen him going as one of those uh, wingers and cutting in, perhaps off the left for Mane but he wouldn't have played every game so Liverpool would have had to have convinced him. I mean, I think the other thing people are missing from those reports were Chelsea offered him a 200 grand a week contract and um I don't know all the ins and outs of every Liverpool contract, but I'm fairly certain that would have put him as one of the highest, if not the highest, earner at the club. So then, how does that sit? You then have to give out new contracts. Um, there's a lot of things at play, so I don't think the deal was as straightforward as some people imagined. And um, yeah, I think he would have been a great option. I think he probably will be a success. You know, if I was, you know, if I was a better man, I probably would bet him and be being a success. But I don't think he'll be better than what they've got already.
3: I mean, if you add in the wages, then you're looking at the, the package to signing would have been upwards of up to 100 million pounds. As Joe mm-hmm. said, they have said that that's a player who won't be a regular starter unless his injury for about 12 to 18 months, and that's you know something that Liverpool probably just weren't willing to do. And it's just interesting that it's been sold certainly from the Chelsea point of view as a coup in terms of beating Liverpool to his signature, but the reality is, if Liverpool had have triggered the clause, that he would already have signed for Liverpool. You
2: know, I, think I think it's I worth saying as well that these people that say, "Oh, the the, the, the owners won't back the manager," I mean, Jurgen Klopp and, and the owners seem to have fit together so well since he's come in, and I'm, I'm fairly certain he won't be he won't be annoyed. He will he will understand all the, the, the financial climate. He will understand exactly what Doyley's just said. It's a lot of money for a player who wouldn't have started. So, I'm fairly certain it's not a case of manager versus the owners. Uh, I think he he will have spoken to Werner, explained the situation by by all accounts. That's what he's done, and you know, I'm fairly certain he'll be happy and won't be going to war with the owners. It's not a Benitez, Tom Hicks, George Gillette style thing. It's it's the total opposite of that. You know, it's
0: not not been <laughs> so much attention on it is because of the comments Werner made what in February, March time. But then, if you go to any player on the planet at the moment, what do you think of Jurgen Klopp? What do you think of Liverpool? They're not going to actually say, "Oh, he's a rubbish manager. I don't like the way they play." They're going to praise them. They're going to talk up how good these how good the manager is. And Granted, that was seen as a come and get me at the time, but it doesn't have to be. It could just be a player honestly answering a question because the club's been linked with him and he's been asked the question. If Liverpool had made the offer to him, I'm sure he'd have taken it, but he's got to be realistic about his own chances as well of whether he wants to be this rotation option coming in and then maybe gradually easing out one of the front three, or if he wants to running at this club and just be first choice straight away. Um, as Doyle's already mentioned, he's had to wait, what, a year, 18 months for his move because he could have easily gone to Bayern Munich a while ago. So he's probably thinking when he's got this interest there, he's already seen opportunities slip away to just grab the opportunity while it's there. It's not as though Chelsea are a bad team by any chance. They're an exciting young team looking like they're moving in the right directions with exciting players. They're going to be in the Champions League. And you'd imagine, looking at the signings they could potentially make him, they're going to be a hell of a lot closer at the top of the table than they are this year.
1: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Liverpool might go on and win this league title by a record amount of points, a record amount of points to, to second place as well, Doily. But... Is this transfer perhaps an early warning sign for Liverpool that they can't take the position they have this season for granted going forward? Everybody, of course, starts on zero points as of next season and that it seemed as though Timo Werner was maybe going to wait for Liverpool but all of a sudden Chelsea have come in and with Hakim Ziyech arriving there as well from Ajax they seem to be building somewhat of a uh, a decent side as you said before fans always looking about teams who win the transfer market they're certainly making an early shout for that but it will be a side that Liverpool will have to consider as a threat I'm fairly certain.
3: Yeah, well, that's the, that's that's the job for everybody else, isn't it? They have to close the gap to Liverpool. I mean, look how hard it is. Liverpool have been trying to do it for, for twenty nine years on most, and you know, on all the other teams. Well, most of the other teams, anyway. Certainly, the leading ones. So it's not easy. Um, I think Liverpool. No, you can't sign everybody. Don't forget. You know, there there are quite a lot of good players out there, and and other teams will get good players. I mean, it, for Chelsea, it, it ultimately comes down to the manager. How good's Frank Lampard? We don't know. Yeah. You know, he did OK at Derby. He did a, he's doing OK this season. I mean, probably by kind of default, they're going to get in the Champions League, definitely, because of what we think is going to happen to Manchester City. Although Chelsea could finish fourth anyway, so it wouldn't have made that much difference to them. But it's still, you know, there's still, you know, Joe said the transfer window hasn't even opened yet. Probably won't be open till August, I don't think. So there's a lot of time. I mean, it's interesting that, it does seem as though there are some, not the clubs, but the fans of certain clubs have just given up on this season already before it's even started again. You know, Chelsea fans are already looking to next season. You'd imagine Man City doing exactly the same. You no, know, for a fact, Everton are. Uh, and, you know, to let, there are others further down the line. So, you know, even, you could even say some Liverpool fans are doing it because they think that the, the title's already going to be won. They don't have to win the two games. So, I think people just need to possibly just concentrate a little bit on what's going on at the moment. And... Factor in the fact that who else has signed any players? Has anyone else signed any players apart from Chelsea? Anyone in any of the other countries? No, it's just those two. And that the the the, the guy Ziyech was was sorted months ago. So it's one transfer, and it and it was fr- on a self-imposed deadline that was well, rather a, a deadline that was imposed by Leipzig. There was a historic one, which would have normally been during the you know just before the transfer window was going to open.
2: Can I just say as well, it's, it's no it's no guarantee. Chelsea have signed two players, but again, sorry, Guy, to keep kicking you, but I remember when, when Arsenal signed Aubameyang, Lacazette, then Pepe, and it was like, look at Arsenal, signed all these brilliant attacking players. But as a balance of the team, they still haven't got it right. And, and for Chelsea, they might, Timo Werner might be brilliant, it might not be. It's not a guarantee, and Liverpool have got a guarantee. They've got guaranteed tried and tested players who score goals, who win games year in, year out, and all the other clubs are only trying to catch up, like Doidi says. So I don't think there's any need to be so jealous of them. You know, I'm pretty sure if you gave Chelsea the option, would you rather have Timo Werner coming in from the unknown or, or have Liverpool's Mane? I'm pretty sure they'd bite your hand off for Mane. So, you know, it was the same with Manchester United years ago when they signed Mkhitaryan and Liverpool got Mane. Most people were looking at Man United saying, oh, they've got Mkhitaryan, and, and Liverpool got the better deal. I think... People, people always look at what they haven't got, and they're always looking at other clubs and saying they're doing this and that. But Liverpool are on the top at the moment, and every other club wants to beat them. It's, you know, There's no two ways about it. They're all just trying to catch up, and they can win all the transfer markets they want. It's got to translate to success on the pitch, and, and no one's doing it but Liverpool. Yeah.
0: If we look back months, how much praise did FSG Liverpool Michael Edwards get at for signing Minamino for what? Just over 7 million? You can't have it both ways when the role in the squad would essentially be the same. That versatile option to play across the front three, ease in, find your feet and then go. Do you want to spend uh, 50 million on a player or do you want to spend seven and a half, seven point seven five, 7.75, whatever it was, on a player? They're doing to do the same role, granted Vernon scored a lot more goals at a higher level. But if you go and spend 50 million to sign him, what signal does that send to Minamino when he's basically been as this reserve for Firmino since he's joined in? You think, well, he's not going to get past Mane or Salah anytime soon, essentially saying that signing him wasn't really, for football reasons, it wasn't worthwhile because he's not going to get the options if you're pushing him even further down the pecking order within months of him signing
1: no, certainly is the case. But last point on Timo Werner then before we move on. And just, Joe, just sort of the, the, the position more than anything, more than perhaps the player, it does seem that that wide left position, somebody who can come in and if Mane gets injured or if Mane goes away from the African Cup of Nations, it seems as though a lot of the anger is about that is the one position that Liverpool fans really want to see some backup brought in. And this looked like the perfect player to, to be that person to come in.
2: Yeah, I think I think they do need backup in that area. It'd be interesting whether someone like Harry Harry Wilson, who I think we all expect was expected to be sold this summer, whether he then gets his chance to to operate across the front three. Um, I, I don't know, but I do think they need backup. Uh, I would agree with that. I think perhaps was wearing the perfect backup. We'll we'll soon find out when he when he plays for Chelsea. But it looked that way. But he was a lot of money. Um, so now I think they have to look for alternatives. and I think they will do that. Um, you know, Min- Minamino hasn't really. We haven't seen the best of him yet. He really has only had what two months. You know, it's not as if, again, people like Dodi said, people have almost written the season off. But Min- Minamino's got nine games where he could he could be he could be brilliant for all we know. So there's there's plenty of time for other players to stake a claim. So, you know, I I, I do think they need backup. I do think that's that's one of the couple of areas where you would want Liverpool to make signings. But this is one player. Let's let's all relax. Let's see what happens throughout August, perhaps September. That, I think that transfer window might be open a little while. Um, so let's just see what happens. There's, there's no need to panic after one player goes to someone else. I mean, if, if this is what happens after one signing, we're in for a long summer, aren't we? Because I think a few more could go elsewhere as well. And uh, I'm going to have to take some time off.
3: Yeah, wait until Havertz goes to United. That's when people start losing.
2: Mbappe goes
1: to Come on! <laughs> Got me rather excited there, thinking of, of that prospect. I <laughs> can't, can't, can't see that one happening at all. Anyway, we we Can best move on. <laughs> Well, we, we best move on anyway. And uh, <laughs> Our other point to to cover today is the Premier League and the announcement regarding Project Restart Doily that Liverpool's first three of their nine games they've got remaining, the first three have been confirmed when they will be played, not where, two of them, we don't know exactly where they will be played, but the games with Everton, Crystal Palace and Man City, we do at least have dates for.
3: Yeah, and 8.15 kick-off. So thanks a lot for that for anybody who's working to deadlines. So thank you very much. Uh, we all love a late kickoff. Yeah, I mean, the Crystal Palace game is interesting because all three of them were initially on that list, weren't they, of games that might need to get played at a, a neutral venue. And the Everton and City games still are. I think there's going to be a decision, well, there will have to be a decision next week about the Everton won the meeting again. On Monday, Liverpool and Everton are both quite keen for it to be played. At Goodison, Everton, for their part, have been preparing for it to be played there for quite some time now, actually. So, I mean, they're pretty confident. Merseyside Police are confident that there's not going to be, you know, any sense of loads of fans turning up outside the ground during or after the game. Although, you know, why would you turn up during the game when the game is on telly? It just doesn't make any sense. You know, that's why people just don't think these think these things through too much, I don't think. But yeah, the game against Palace, that's being played at Anfield, which in some ways is good, because that could be the game where Liverpool win the league, and at least they'll win it in their own stadium, but obviously, there'll be no fans in there, so disappointed in that respect, but for, it's certainly a sense of normality for Liverpool themselves, they've been training this week, haven't they, at uh, Anfield, they a, a practice game or two there, so they're getting ready for playing in front of, you know, no fans in a stadium that they've played in hundreds of times, so... I don't think it'll be a problem for the players, to be honest. And it's just nice that they've now got a little bit of a, a schedule that you know they can plan around. And, and the good thing for Liverpool as well is that none of the, those first three games are actually too far away from, from Merseyside. In fact, well, two of them are hopefully going to be on there and the other ones in Manchester. So hopefully it's, uh, it won't be too much of a problem with travel. it will be more interesting when it gets further down the line because Liverpool have got to go to, I think it's Newcastle, Arsenal and Brighton. So... I'd be intrigued to see how some of the other clubs deal with uh, those kind of lengthy trips first off.
1: Yeah, is one, one factor that certainly does need to, to be considered, but the, I suppose what the real big boost out of all of this is that actually that game with Crystal Palace which in all likelihood will most likely be the game that liverpool could secure the title that that one will be at anfield because there was a lot of talk that the remaining four games that were due to be played at anfield might have been moved to neutral venues as and when liverpool can secure the title if it were to be in a home fixture
0: yeah there's been a lot of contrasting reports haven't there about what games might have to played at neutral venues what liverpool fans might do if it's a game that they can win the league and um, when you've got all this uncertainty at the moment you know you're not going to have any fans it'd be nice to have the home comforts of Liverpool playing at Anfield. But then we only need to look to Germany to see that home advantage seems to have pretty much disappeared. Most of the away teams are winning the games. I think you only need to look to Liverpool players. And Adrian said he doesn't want you'll never walk alone to be played at Anfield if they're playing there, because it's just not the same without fans. So granted, they're in a stadium that they're familiar with and all that. It's how much of an advantage that really brings. But these are professional footballers. They know they only need a maximum of six points to win the Premier League. It doesn't really matter to them what stadium they're in as long as they get the results, they get the job done. Realistically, it shouldn't matter to the fans either. They've been waiting 30 years for Liverpool to win a Premier League title. They don't care what stadium it's in. As long as they get the points they need and lifting that trophy at the end of the season, that's all that matters.
1: Joe, Do you agree with that, that it doesn't matter which stadium it's in? Because obviously, as we know, all of these games are going to be behind closed doors?
2: Yeah, exactly like that. Yeah, I don't... I don't think it matters too much in the long run Interestingly about the, the neutral venues plan that, well, One of the things that I found quite bizarre Is that they've confirmed that the Palace game Will be at Anfield hmm. Liverpool need two wins That's the second game So if they win the derby Then why, why would you play? Why do you need to play the Man City game In a neutral venue If they're worried about people turning up Because surely by their, their I'm not saying that people will turn up But by their logic People will turn up to the Palace game When they'll win the title so it just, it just doesn't make any sense. You're going to play them in neutral venues, play them all in neutral venues. Otherwise, just just stick to it. And, and I'm pretty sure Merseyside M- M- Police were pretty confident um the derby that they would be able to police it. I'm sure the same for Anfield. Um, yeah, that, that, but I don't think it matters really where they win it. I think other people will go out and um, they will get the job done. And yeah, I mean, just watching some of the Bundesliga, it does seem to be... Correct me if I'm wrong, but just seems to be the better sides seem to be imposing their will a little bit more because there's no there's no extra factors going against them, is there? So I could imagine that Liverpool might win a fair few games once once it comes back because they won't have to worry about you know the, um, the crowds. I was going to say the Emirates Sky, but it's never usually that loud, is it? So I don't need to worry about that. <laughs> You no know, difference. It'll just be the same same noise. Kicking Marcy's
1: <laughs> down. Kicking Marcy's <laughs> down. Yeah, yeah. Cheers for that again, Joe. But uh, well, looking at the kickoff times, Do you mentioned before that they're all of the evening kickoffs. The Derby is Sunday, the twenty-first, seven p.m. The other two games: Wednesday, the twenty-fourth, at uh, Anfield against Crystal Palace, and the Man City game to be confirmed where it we played but on a Thursday eight fifteen kickoff as well the game on the Sunday against Everton perhaps the only one that's not in a kickoff time you'd expect for a midweek game but I suppose when last week on last Friday we spoke about the neutral venues a lot of people got in touch basically saying well this idea of fans congregating they've got smartphones they could watch it outside the ground on a smartphone and they would still be there but who's going to be there at sort of Gone ten o'clock, just holding their smartphone, watching on a screen. It, it it sort of seems as though these games have been put later in the day to deter fans from coming out at night to 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 be at the ground. So they are inside watching the TV.
3: I think they've probably been put on later in the day so more people can watch them.
1: To be honest, I don't think it's got anything to do with uh, watching it on your mobile no, phone. No, I mean the derby though. I mean... On the Sunday, seven o'clock on a Sunday seems a very weird. Yeah, it was very weird time. also it's Alaska.
3: it's. it's, it's... It was always gonna be that because that's the prime time, isn't it? You're either gonna to
1: to do it Saturday or Sunday.
3: And they probably wanted to do it Sunday because they wanted to see how the first two you know, the first couple of games went. Did I think there's games, was on a Wednesday, the the Friday and the Saturday, and then they finally get round. It's something to to build up to. You can imagine they build up to it going, right, and this is the game where Liverpool could take a step near or could even win the title. So I think that's the only reason. I think the quarter past eight games are just to annoy me, to be honest. <laughs>
2: I just think these people who are watching it on their phones, their data bills are going to be massive, aren't they? They're going to stand outside the ground and watch a full-length exactly. game. Why,
3: why do people buy these big tellies to then just go and stand outside the ground and watch your tiny little phone? Doesn't make any sense. These people should, you know, these people don't even probably don't even know where the ground is.
1: No, I have to say, last word though. Now we've actually got the the dates confirmed and everything, Theo. It, it seems to be exciting that Premier League football is going to be back. Well, obviously, in sort of within the next two weeks.
0: Yeah, and then within a month, we should be saying Liverpool Premier League champions. We've been waiting a, a while for football to come back. looked on enviously towards Germany in the Bundes- Bundesliga, seeing them back, seeing them doing it fairly successfully. It's quite nice to get back to normality and have football matches to report on again, rather than uh, Timo Werner and Transversagas that evidently aren't actually going to happen. it be a nice distraction for a few weeks. And it'll be nice to just go back to basics, look at Liverpool and appreciate how good they have been this season, if they can. Pick up where they left off. It's not just a league table that's there for winning, a um, league title that's there for them to win. If Mohamed Salah or Sadio Mane wants to win the Golden Boo or Alisson wants the, the Golden Glove, there's still things there for them to compete for. And it's easy to forget just how good Liverpool were during the first chunk of the season. Now we get to appreciate them again, knowing that the league title is going to be won, that the season is going to finish, and just wait and let them get the prize that their performances deserve.
1: Yeah, within three weeks, Liverpool could be champions of the Premier League. Sounds nice to be able to put a date on it, but we will have to wait and see exactly how it does all play out. Gentlemen, thanks a lot for for joining us here on the Blood Red channel. To you too as well, whether you've been watching or listening in. We'll be back on Monday with the next Blood Red podcast, but until then, bye for now.
2: You've been
0: listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.